Today, we start part two of this eight-part series to help you increase your net worth. Net worth is the true identifier of how you're doing financially, not your credit score. Your credit score is absolutely worthless to your net worth. If you can take control of your net worth and grow it, you will be on your way to achieving every single financial goal that you have ever dreamed of. Continue with me on this journey through this whole entire series, taking very actionable steps each week that will help you increase your net worth. If you'll not just listen, but take the action that we discuss, you will be happier than you ever have with your personal finances. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Financial Mirror. Financial Mirror where future success is reflected in our knowledge of fixing the one thing we can control ourselves. Thanks for joining me today on The Financial Mirror as we continue to improve the one thing you can control yourself. If this is the first time you are joining in, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube to be notified of all the new episodes as they release. If you are on Facebook, share this video Share it with your friends, with your family, with your coworkers. Just continue to help improve the community that you're in, that you live your life in, uh, with their improved knowledge in personal finances. If you're listening to this on a podcast platform of your choice, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave that five-star review and a written comment. It goes a long ways in helping getting this information out to more and more listeners. So before we jump in, to part two. Last week, if you joined me, I talked all about this half marathon that I completed. Uh, one of the toughest, I think it is labeled the toughest half marathon in the Northwest of the United States. And it's eight and a half miles up, 2000 foot elevation, four and a half on the back end downwards. Well, it would be, this is not going to be an every week occurrence. <laughs> Let me just say, but uh, I did do another half marathon this weekend. Uh, this one I decided to ruck it for anyone that doesn't know uh, what rucking is. It's literally just carrying a bag of stuff on your back as you're doing it. Uh, this one I did this half marathon. I had about uh, 40 pounds uh, on my back and don't let the clock, the clock in the picture, I know it says two hours and 45 minutes, but I was not at the front of that line, of the start line. So my actual chip time was two hours, 44 minutes and 11 seconds, which was right at about where I wanted to be. Uh, I was shooting for two hours and 45 minutes. That was not where I originally wanted to do it. Actually, I was I was like, you know what? If I can do this in three and a half hours, I'm, I'm happy. Uh, I even thought at times it was going to take me four uh, but I guess I was just being very pessimistic with myself because after I got going, I was like, man, I can break three hours. Like I know I can break three hours. And then I started going and I was like, Oh my goodness, I can, I can get two hours and 45 minutes for sure. Uh, just started doing the math in my head, you know? And I think that's, I think that's a lesson that uh, I, I'm a lesson in and of itself is that, you know, just because you set a goal for yourself, um, and, and let me just make it financial. Let me just, this is off the cuff right here, but if, if you set a goal for yourself and you're like, I'm going to save $6,000 in the next six months. And then all of a sudden you start getting that momentum and you, and you're like, you know what? I'm going to, I, I think I can do it in three months. 
don't just stick to your head and say, you know what? I'm just going to do it in six months because that's what I originally said. I originally was going to do it in six months. And so I'm just going to, so this extra money that I've got right here, I'm just going to spend it. I'm just going to go and spend it on this because I mean, if I hit six months, I'm, I'm still right at my goal, right? No, if you can do it faster, do it faster. You can move on to the next thing in your life. So for me, the next thing in my life was if I did this faster, I got to eat breakfast, right? So <laughs> that, that was kind of what I was thinking. I was like, you know, if I can hurry up and finish this, I'll you know, I'll be in a better place to start my day and get things done. So I ended up uh, finishing the half marathon, going home, never once stopped uh, doing everything. I, I, I ended up going home, mowing the grass, you know, uh, weed whacking the, the edges. Uh, and then we had a little area in the back corner of the yard that needed cleaning up. So I cleaned it all up and then I loaded all that and took it off. So, I mean, my day was just packed yesterday. Let's just be honest. It was packed. Um, but leads to a great night of sleep. I wish I could tell you right now that I had a great night of sleep, but I didn't, but that's okay because now I'm here today and we're here to talk step two of an eight part series. So let's jump into that eight part series, step two here. But I stole, I told you this last week and I'm going to tell you again that I am, there's a little bit of uh, some consistency each week. So if you listened last week, uh, I mean, you may hit, you know, after week four of me starting off the same exact way, because I am, I'm going to start off the exact same way for the next eight weeks. So bear with me, but maybe I say it differently because this isn't like pre-scripted, like I'm reading off of a script, right? So everything's just coming to me as I, as you know, I have like show notes, right? That are like bullet points of like things I want to cover. But maybe you hear something today that or next week or the next week in the same sort of start that, that just clicks a little different with you. So I challenge you to listen out and, and listen through it, even if you've heard this all eight times after the eighth week, but maybe just to pull out a new thing. But before we jump into step two, as I say in the first episode, I want to ensure that I address this every step of the series. What is net worth, right? Net worth. It is your assets minus your liabilities, right? It's everything that you have that's like tangible, that's liquid, that has value. And I'm not talking about, you know, the the China cabinet has value. Like that's a different kind of value. Stuff that has value, like cash, real estate investments, things like that, minus how much you owe on all of these things. So if you have a house and you have a mortgage, the house is worth 100,000, your mortgage is currently 50. Well, you have a positive net worth of 50,000, which is the difference of that asset and that liability, which is your mortgage. So what you're trying to do in life, this is just in life, when we're talking net worth, what you're trying to do is have all of this excess value, like your net worth is your value, right? That's how much you're financially, and I'm not, see that's, and I say value, because like you're very valuable as an individual, right? You're probably a great mom or a great dad or a great parent or a great grandparent or a great uh, coworker or a great, you know, whatever leader in your community. Like, I don't know. You have value, but when we talk your financial value, how is that measured is by your net worth. Like people get so like when I, when I'm talking to clients, they get so caught up in credit scores and things like that. And I try to tell them all the time that credit scores are a if you if you if you have debt, you have a credit score, like right? Like if you use credit, you have a credit score. So, but good, but if you continue to use credit, right, and you do it responsibly, your credit score will, will reflect responsible credit behavior. But it's not your financial value. 
I can tell you a ton of people that are massive debt that have great credit scores. It's not going to be great very long if they don't hurry up and get it paid off. But I'm telling you that it's not a true value of you financially. Your net worth is like it's literally like if you liquidated all of your assets and turned them into cash, you would have whatever that positive net worth is if it sells for what you you know said it was going to sell for. But the whole goal here is to increase the amount of assets you have so that you have a higher net worth, right? So many times uh, we we step through this and and people they, they look at credit scores and they look at all of these things and and long story short. If we can get you a higher net worth, you are primed and in a better position financially to take on all the things you want to do from a financial perspective. All those things you want to accomplish, whether it be retire early, whether it be retire in general, whether it be buy a bigger home, whether it be give uh, to to local charities and community things that, that you care a lot about. Uh, give to your churches, like like all of these things are things that people want to do. They just don't have the money to do it. When you get that higher net worth, you start having a little bit of a buffer, a little bit of extra. Uh, you can start to do these things. So in step one, we talked about debt. Today, we are talking about budgeting. We're talking about budgeting. And simply put, who needs a budget? Everyone needs a budget. Everyone needs a budget. I hear it all the time. I don't need a budget because, uh, you know, I don't really make enough money to to need a budget. Or I already know where I spend my money. I don't. I don't need to track it. My spouse isn't on board, so why would I budget if she's not on board or he's not on board? Because now the budget's only for like me, but I'm trying to budget our money and all these things. Or or maybe I don't budget because it makes me feel bad. Like it just makes me feel bad. I see that I, I spend all this money on Amazon and, and it just makes me feel bad. Or, or maybe you're just kind of afraid of what you'll find going back to that, like making me feel bad. I threw up here on the screen, sort of some statistics I found about why Americans don't budget. 27% just don't think they need one, right? Everyone needs a budget. 24% don't budget because they've tried it before maybe, and they just didn't stick to it. So they're like, why would I waste my time? Right? Like it takes a lot of time to budget and I don't have that time to waste if I'm not even going to stick to it. Um, maybe they just don't feel like making it or 11% said it makes them feel restricted. And like, it's like super restricting to have a, to live on a budget or maybe you don't know how, or 11% saying that they are just afraid to look at their bank account. All of these are valid reasons, but if you're honest, they're not, they don't hold much weight. Right. And I want to run through a couple and just sort of give you some, some motivation about how to get past this, because if we're going to increase our net worth and we're going to do it by beginning to budget, well, first I've got to get you sold on budgeting because if you fall into the the 20% that I just don't feel like making one or that I, the 27% that say, I don't think I need one, I've got to get you sold on the mindset first. So I got to get you past one of these reasons because these are reasons that people tell themselves they don't need a budget. And if I know that people are successful when they budget, Financially, they're successful when they budget. I've seen it time and time again. People that don't budget have a harder time getting out of debt. People that don't budget have a harder time saving. People that don't budget have a harder time increasing their net worth, right? Let's just get right back to the to the point of this whole entire series. 
So how do you get past it? Well, let me give you a way to get past some of those common reasons that people don't budget. It takes too long. That's a big one. It takes too long. Well, the thing about it taking too long is that you are in control of how you budget. There's not a single way to budget. How I budget, I have become extremely efficient at. There's somebody else that that may budget totally different than me and look at mine and be like, wow, that takes way too long. Like that's so complicated. But then I look at theirs and be like, well, that's kind of complicated, but it works for them, right? There's not one way to budget. There's many ways to budget. And so you've got to find a system that works for you because some may take longer than others for certain people, right? Some people may just pick up and and do things in a more efficient manner in certain in certain ways. So you've got to figure out if it takes too long, you just don't have a very a very efficient way of doing it that works for you. It shouldn't take that long. It really shouldn't take that long. Another one that I hear is I don't make enough money. Well, a budget has nothing. It doesn't care how much money you make. Uh, budget is is literally just meant to identify areas where you can cut back and help you just sort of plan your money to put it where it needs to go. So budgeting, it does, if you don't think you quote unquote make enough money, um, I, I challenge that because a budget doesn't care how much money you make. All the, your income matters is one line item in your whole budget. Like it's literally one line item It's called income. <laughs> like that's the only part of the budget that has anything to do with how much money you make. Everything else is the actual budget, quote unquote budget. <laughs> That's just telling all of that income, however much that is, I don't care if it's $10 or $10,000, it's just telling it where to go. Like that's what a budget is. It, it has it has nothing to do with, with um, how much you make. And on that, just, just sort of going back to this 11% that say that they feel restricted because of budgeting, how can, this is, this is a big one that I hear, how can you feel restrictive with budgeting? And, and if that's you, if, you, if you're in that 11%, that's fine. But I have a question for you. How can you feel restricted when you create the budget, right? If you want to spend $10,000 on Amazon every month, put it in your budget. If the budget tells you you can't afford that, that's not the budget being telling you you're restrictive. That means that your income is telling you you're restrictive, right? Because you take the income and you put in all of your expenses and if you come out with like just enough money and you have extra put it toward whatever you want how is that restrictive if you get to the end of your budget and you've you have too much money allocated to be spent this month in all of these categories that's not being restrictive it's just saying you don't make as much money as you're trying to spend right so it's not a restrictive thing because you get to be in control of it if you want to spend 25% of your money on groceries or going out to eat, or going to a bar, or going out with friends, or going to Top Golf, or going to do your other favorite activity that you do with your friends, and you hang out, and you want to go shop on Amazon, and you want to go to, you know, buy designer, and all these things, you can do it. Is there better places to spend your money? Absolutely, but you can do it. But that 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 doesn't that doesn't mean it's restrictive. It's the opposite of that. Okay, so. Not a very good reason for that sense. Uh, just getting through the rest of these. My spouse isn't on board. Go listen to the episode that I did with my wife. Uh, it was four or five episodes ago. 
but just sort of money talks before marriage and things like that. We talked about budgeting as a, as a couple. Go listen to that and have and encourage your spouse to listen to it, too, with you. Um, but it's just it's just some some different things to think about as you think about budgeting together. Uh, budgeting makes you feel bad. You really shouldn't feel bad unless you are just it's like it's like, uh, you know, like working out and losing weight and that whole thing, because money and money and working out and losing weight and exercise and all those things, they kind of go hand in hand, to be honest with you. We always know what we need to do. And then we're upset when we are, for example, I know I need to lose weight. My doctor's telling me I need to lose weight. I know what it takes to lose weight, i.e. exercise and eating better, but I choose not to do that. So instead, my weight stays the same, but I don't want my doctor telling me to lose weight because I'm not willing to do those things, right? Money's kind of the same. We don't want to spend or we don't want to track where we're spending our money because then we see it, it's real, and we realize we are spending our money there. And then we don't want to change it, though, because we enjoy spending our money there. So I'd rather just not track it because if I track it, it makes me feel bad. I don't want to feel bad. Well, I don't want you to feel bad, but also want you to increase your net worth. I also want you to be in a better position financially. So it's not to make you feel bad. It's just to be honest and real with yourself, right? You can't walk through every day thinking that uh, you're going to always feel, you know, great because there is a reality out there, right? And and if you if your net worth is not going up and it's and it's getting lower, for instance, we need to identify that so that we can put you in a better position financially. Uh, and put you on the right track because there's no reason your net worth should be going backwards. Well, the market has pulled back a lot. I have seen some decrease in some of my investment accounts. So uh, maybe maybe that is okay. But if you're in debt, for instance, as you pay down debt, your net worth goes up, right? Because you probably do have some assets like cash, savings, all these things. All we have to do is get your debt paid off. You heard that last week. Go listen to last week's episode if you if you want to talk more about that. Um, and then the other one that people get caught up in is afraid what they'll find kind of goes to feeling bad about budgeting, uh, kind of the same one, but keep it in mind, uh, just know that it's better, you, you know, afraid of what you'll find is that's okay to have that feeling. But, uh, on the other side, it, once you figure it out and you can start to make the changes, uh, that feels better than that, that being afraid, you'll no longer be afraid because you'll be you'll be very aware of where your money's going. So why are budgets important for increasing net worth? Why are they important? Well, they first off in, in the most you know broad sense is they tell your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. I get into this conversation a lot with clients because I say, so where do you, where do you spend a lot of your money? And they, they'll say, and, and it's kind of like a catch 22, right? Because they'll say, Oh, well, I spend, I do spend a lot on food and, uh, I spent a lot on like this or that and like, Oh, okay. So, so you do budget. Well, no, I don't budget. So how do you, how do you know that that's where you spend most of your money? Like, how do you know based off percentage of income? How do you know that's where most of your money's going? Because a lot of times I find people are like house poor, right? Meaning they spend like a ridiculous amount of money on their home where they live like upwards of 40 or 50% of their income is going towards where they live huge problem there. Huge problem there. It has nothing to do with your food, right? <laughs> that has nothing to do with your food. That has everything to do with you overspending in a certain category. But if you don't know that, you don't know what that category is, you can't address it. You can't address it. So why is budgeting important? Here's a couple on the screen, but 
Uh, it does help you save money just because it helps identify areas you're overspending so you can cut back and save that extra. Uh, it helps you prepare for emergencies by allowing you to um, plan for and think about those things before they happen. Uh, it helps you get organized around your finances so you know if you can take that that vacation or you know that you can um, you know, go out to eat X number of times or you know that you can go and spend this money on, on whatever it is. But all of these things, are they're just giving you control of your money, right? The other big thing that budgeting does is it, it helps you with your marriage. I talked about that in, in the episode with my wife, the two episodes with my wife, but it helps you with your marriage because it helps you get aligned with your spouse. If you're not married, I got it. This probably means nothing to you, but one day you, you may be married and this will help you, but it helps you get alignment. So you can all of a sudden start to sit down and see the budgeting um, and you can, you can look at that together. You can have the same plans. You can have the same goals, aspirations, and you, and you can go and achieve those. So that's an area where it's super, super important, right? But that's why budgeting is so important for increasing your net worth is it just overall helps you be in control of your money, right? It overall helps you to be in control of your money. When you're thinking about doing something, uh, normally you like to plan it out, right? Like some people are very spontaneous, but um, being spontaneous or for or or where the end goal doesn't really matter financially, your retirement, your ability to not be paycheck to paycheck, your ability to provide for your family, your ability to provide for yourself, all these things are wrapped into that plan, and that plan is your budget. So it's very important. It's very important to learn early, and I want to give you a few ways that you can do it effectively, right? Because it's it shouldn't take you long. It shouldn't be burdensome. It shouldn't make you feel bad. You shouldn't be afraid to do it. All of these things, I want to give you a couple pointers on how to do it effectively. So first off, exactly, I pulled this straight from Investopedia. Just you can see the definition of a budget, a budget an, estim, an estimation of revenue and expenses over a specified future period of time that is reevaluated on a periodic basis. I say that because I wanted to make sure that we throw out that periodic basis. It is looked at. You don't just make the budget and then never look at it again until the end of the month, right? Because the whole point of it is to see where you may be overspending in a certain category. Something comes up, you need to adjust the budget, right? So the first thing, the first way to effectively budget is to spend time doing it each day. Uh, I did a little study on myself uh, a few years back where I just wanted to see how many transactions I spend on a given day. This may have changed uh, now, but it's pretty close. I'm telling you, it's probably still pretty close. On average, I spend uh, about five transactions a day. On average, some days it's less than that. Some days it's more than that. But on average, it's about five a day. How long does it take you to categorize five transactions? Well, let's just give it, it, it takes you a minute to figure out that that Costco gas had to go to gasoline. You're like, um, hmm, that could be groceries. No, no, no. Costco gasoline. What is that? Um, well, it could be power. No, it's not utilities. Um, oh, it's gasoline. Oh, it's fuel. Oh, it's petroleum. However you label that in your budget, it's transportation. I don't know how it is in your budget, but that probably doesn't take a minute to figure that out. Some of them may take a little longer, but on average, uh, you could do it in a minute. So, we're looking at five minutes a day to effectively do your budget, right? So I think that's that's the part that people think, oh, it takes too long. No, 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 no. When you 
wait till the end of the week. You wait till the end of two weeks. You wait till the end of the month. Remember, you had five transactions a day on average. So if you wait till the end of the month, 30 days times the five, you're now having to categorize 150 transactions. Do you see how much more burdensome that is? <laughs> That's pretty burdensome to say, okay, I got, I got to sit down and categorize 150 transactions. That is a lot. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. That's a lot. And you're trying to do that in one sitting. Yeah, that's that's way more difficult. So don't make it a burden on yourself. Do it daily. Do it at least every other day. At least do it a few times a week. Right. Just just make it, you know, spread the load because in the end of the month, you're going to have about 150 transactions. We know that to be true. And you don't want to try to do that all at one time. Secondly, if you are married, don't do this alone. Pull your partner in to help you with this. This is important because you need to be on the same page. And that's how you can effectively build a budget as a couple, right? Lastly, don't just update it. Change your life, right? Change your life as you're seeing things unfold. If you're really spending a lot of money on subscriptions, I'm seeing subscriptions really start to take over people's budgets that I work with. If you see that being a item that is just like killing your budget, Start to change it. Change parts of your life that can help influence that. Cancel subscriptions. Pause subscriptions that you no longer or you're not currently using, right? But do that and it can help you save money. Even if it's just 5 or $10, like it does help, especially if you're getting out of debt. Paying that extra $10, $5, a month toward that, toward that credit card, that is helpful. So don't just let the budget be something that you do. Let it transform you. Let it actually start to change how you live your life because in the end, those good habits will get you to where you want to be financially. So a couple of tips just to help you when creating your, your first budget. So first off, how to do it. Pretty simple. List your income. Step two, list your expenses. And you can just jot these down. Step three, subtract your expenses from your income and then track your expenses all month long. If you're if you do the subtraction of your expenses from your income and you have extra money, put that into one of those other expense categories. If you have to, if you've spent too much, then what you're projecting yourself to make, well, you need to adjust um, a couple of those categories, cut back on them so that you you have enough money to go around for that month. Track your expenses all month long, like I said about 150 transactions a month. If you'll categorize them every day, it's about five a day, and then make a new budget a, a new budget before the month begins each and every month. So that's just a quick down and dirty five steps to make a budget. Now let me give you how to make a budget in five categories or less, right? Because that's where I recommend people to start. Now, as you get more comfortable with budgeting, adding more categories is not a bad thing because it helps you to dial in where it is you're, you're technically overspending. But I like to tell people to start with these following five. Housing cost, utilities, food, transportation, and a miscellaneous category. All other spending. Housing cost literally is how much does it cost for your housing, right? This could be your rent. This could be your mortgage. Uh, I would also add in there any type of uh, homeowners or renters insurance that you need. Uh, but that's kind of that, that ultimate housing cost. 
The other one that I would start to look at is secondly, categories, utilities. This is all the utilities that you pay for, for your living. Next, I will look at your food. This is obviously your food <laughs> and then transportation. This could be your um, auto insurance. This could be your uh, gasoline trans uh, fuel costs. This could be any maintenance that you're doing to your car to upkeep it. Um, that's all under transportation and miscellaneous is going to be everything else. Okay. If you are in debt, you do need to have a category set aside for the amount of uh, money that you are paying towards your debt. Okay. So that is a sixth category. If you are in debt, you need to be tracking that. Once you get to using these categories, what you're going to see is that maybe you want to, you want to look a little closer into that miscellaneous, or maybe you want to break out your, your transportation and say, you know what, I want to track my fuel and all of my insurances separately. Start to do that later on. Initially stick to those five categories. We'll give them to you again, housing costs, utilities, food, transportation, miscellaneous, Stick to that as a basic because what I notice is a lot of people get overwhelmed when they're doing their budget because they'll say, well, this could be this could be utilities or housing costs, or this could be fast food or restaurants. Or this could be and they and then they're just they're like the the fact of not being able to decide makes it way more complicated than it has to be. So start with five categories or less. As you start to navigate it, you may be like, oh, well, I don't want to track. I want to track restaurants, fast food. I want to track like restaurants and fast food under one and groceries under the other because I know I need to eat, but how much am I actually eating out, right? Is it actually that much? And start to track them separately. It's a good way to do it, but do that after the fact. Get really good at budgeting and then start to do, do those changes, okay? But the good thing is that budgeting will free you. It will free you from everything that is that you feel is overwhelming about money. It will start to give you an understanding. Like, I do have enough money to get through this month. I do. I need to stick to this because this is my plan to make it through and not be paycheck to paycheck. I'm getting $200 in my savings account this month. If I stick to this budget, if I go off of this, if I go off the rails, that's going to change. But I put in here this quote, and I think this goes, this quote will, will carry through our whole entire series, but it's all mental management. Whether you can do something or not is in your head. Whether you think that you can budget or not is in your head. Figure that out. Get that mental management going on. You will be on your way to increasing your net worth. Budgeting is important. It's very important. It is the, the strongest foundation for personal finances. It truly is. So get control of it and you will get in control of your finances and you will start to be the, 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 the dictator of your money. Okay. Now, if you've been doing it for a while or you're having trouble budgeting, you're, you just need a little help getting started and setting that up. Taking control of your finances is something that you have the power of, and I am here to help you. Sometimes people just need a little help. They hire personal coaches. They hire personal trainers. They hire financial gurus. They hire uh, nutritionists. They hire all these things for their investments and everything to just help them. Well, sometimes you just need a little, a little financial coaching to get you just on the right, get you started on the right foot, get things kicked off. I'd love to help you. Just head over to thefinancialmirror.org and hit book now in the middle of the screen. Uh, get started. If you are not real sure if this is something you want to do or not do, you can hit book now and schedule a free consultation. It'll literally just be about 15 minutes of your time. We'll sit down, have a quick conversation. We're not going to, you know, start walking through your personal journey. We're not going to get into all the details. All we're going to do is just make sure that we're aligned on what it is that I do and how I can help you and see if that's something that you're interested in. 
finally, if you do want to give a little extra dose of support to the stream, just head over to thefinancialmirror.org forward slash shop, pick you up some awesome financial mirror gear. Uh, it does update occasionally. So just if you have checked it out before, go check it out again, see if there's something out there uh, that you want to pick up and just helps build the stream. Uh, as I started, and I will say it again, thank you for listening. If you are listening on YouTube or Facebook, subscribe to the channel, like the video, comment on the video, just let everyone know how much uh, the financial mirror is helping you take control of your personal finances and share the video, share it with your friends, your family, your coworkers. If you're listening to on a podcast platform of your choice, don't forget to subscribe and like the podcast, leave that five-star review and a written comment it does go a long way. I hope part two has been just that little extra ump that you need to help go through this series of increasing your net worth. And I look forward to catching you next week for step three. Till next week, continue improving the one thing you can control yourself. Peace. Well, that wraps up today's Financial Mirror. Join us next week as we continue to work on ourselves, change our mentality, and to commit to achieving the success we always envisioned. Regardless of your platform, help us grow as a community. Please like, subscribe, and share with the people in your lives.